Welcome, I'm Faye Waterman, the conversation curator and storyteller. And today on Watch Your Superpower, my podcast, I have the amazing Jennifer Feidler. And Jennifer is a motion picture survivor, confidence coach, filmmaking mentor, F1 racing fan, and an author of Cosmic Bitch Slap. The film industry is one of the most brutal, competitive, toxic work environments known to man. While working in this unique industry, she developed a series of addictions to the mind-blowing exhilaration and non-stop excitement that can't block out the toxic nature of what goes on in every single day. After almost 20 years, Jennifer's arms got tired of holding all the toxicity at bay and knowing when she was burnt out. She dropped out to pursue a radically different course resulting in an epic adventure spanning four continents and more than nine years. Cosmic Bitch Slap is the book Jennifer wrote about how she gradually discovered that her big, bad and of sharp, shiny movie-making tools could successfully be put into use in another context. It's a true story that's basically parable about all the things we don't know we already know and simply can't see. A terminally curious truth speaker with a gift for communicating, possessed with confidence, at ease with risk and comfortable with uncertainty. One of Jennifer's great joys in life is working with spiritually curious beings seeking their own transformational adventure in self-discovery. Welcome, Jennifer, and thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, Faye. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Jennifer, we're going to be talking about how good you are at what you do, and I want you to let people know what your actual superpowers are that you use to help people become better at what they do and give them the confidence to do what they do. So share a little bit of your backstory, where you come from and how you got to where you are today. I'm originally from a suburb of Chicago, which is in the state of Illinois on one of the Great Lakes called Lake Michigan in the United States. And uh, I'm an only child. Um, my dad worked in advertising as a creative vice president. My mom was, uh, before she had me, was a fashion designer. And I grew up with, uh, with her as a stay-at-home mom. And my parents remained married until my mother's death a few months ago. And so I am atypically the product of an unbroken home. As you know, many people today are come from uh, dysfunctionality in their families. And uh, from a very early age, I had a lot of, of relatives who were the generation of my grandparents uh, and great aunts and uncles and grandparents and uh, just a very supportive family. And um, I always knew that I was unconditionally loved by my parents and my family. Uh, I was always told, just go and be you and you can do anything. And uh, although brings me to what to me is kind of an amusing story, which is uh, various family members would say, 
things like, oh, you would be a wonderful trial attorney. Oh, you would make an excellent psychiatrist. Oh my God, you would be such a good doctor. I never wanted to do any of that. I mean, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you should be doing, you know? So uh, uh, I appreciated the support, but in hindsight, you know, as, as an adult throughout the course of my life, uh, it's come up on more than one occasion. And so that's one of the first superpowers I'd like to toss in right out of the gate is be true to yourself. It's very easy for our ego to be affected when someone says, oh my God, you would be so good at that. And that's an instant ego hit for us, right? Of like, I would, really? Me? Oh, well, that would be wonderful. And that may or may not have anything to do with who you are, what you are. That's someone else's opinion. That's someone on the outside looking at you and merely voicing their opinion. That's neither a directive or a suggestion. It's just them vocalizing what they think they're looking at. And as we all know, what I'm looking at right now and what you're looking at right now are two completely different things. So I think a lot of people, I know for a fact, many people are influenced to their detriment by going along with those kinds of comments made by our caretakers and educators and church people and whatnot as we're growing up. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we kind of, without knowing it, become a people pleaser. We conform to what others say we're good at and what we should be doing because they see us as that. And we don't actually go in and look inside and see who we want to be or how we want to pursue our life and and at a young age it can be quite impressionable when someone says you'd make a good doctor or psychologist or whatever it might be or your parents are doctors or lawyers or psychologists or whatever so you see a lot of kids go and step into the shoes of their parents but down the track they realize that's not what I want to be. So they'll go and they'll do something different. And I think it takes time and maturity to understand those things that you come into your own and not conform or people please with others. And to that is a superpower in itself once you realise that's not what I want in my life. What I want in my life is whatever you want to be or see yourself as. Yes, I I 99% agree with you, but I, I don't think that always without exception, it's something we have to come into. I think being fearless is part of it and, and knowing that you're safe with people who unconditionally love you to say, oh, gee, thanks, but that's not what I want to do. And it takes some level of self-awareness that, yes, of course, 99% of the time we need to have some miles on us and gain some distance to look back. But I was a single digit when this stuff was happening. And I and I knew that like, oh, wow, thanks. Thank you so much. And I that that was it. That was the end of it. 
yes, this there is a tremendous societal pressure to conform. But I wanted to raise, as you were talking, it made me think of something that I uh, got involved with a, a psychiatrist who had this very cool thing that I stays with me, which is all children make what's called a survival pact with themselves. And a survival pact is what the kid says to themselves they must do in order for their greatest fear to not come to fruition. And the greatest fear is universal, which is the fear of being unloved and abandoned. This is a child's worst fear. And so the survival pact is made by a child to itself of what it will do to make sure it's loved and not abandoned, right? This is very, very evocative for me because it explains so much behavior and particularly to circle back to what you said of people who follow in their parents' footsteps, that's to seek approval of, oh, I'm a good boy, I'm doing what you did because they're afraid to say, yes, yeah, screw it. I don't want to be an accountant. I want to be a lion tamer. Yeah. So uh, this is prevalent. I mean, it's a, it's a common, it's human. It's the human condition. We all do this. Thinking about my own survival pact. Boy, I thought about this a lot. The pact I made with myself was that uh, I'd be a really good girl. I'd be an overachiever. I would not give them any room to complain about anything ever. I would overachieve. I would do chores. I would do, you know, whatever kids my mother assigned tasks and chores. And she was slightly invalided when I was quite young. But uh, it didn't, it wasn't about people pleasing. It was about going to whatever length was required to preclude them from having to complain or be upset or get angry. It's a great thought. You're making me think about when I was a child and what my pact may have been to me, and I have no idea, so I'll have to think about that later. But it's a it's really... thought-provoking, isn't it? Very much so, and I think... That in itself has a power of, is it your identity, who you who you are at that moment and making that pact for what you're going to be for that period of time to be able to be unconditionally loved and not abandoned like so many people are not unconditionally loved and they are abandoned and feel that from a very young age. You have had the and the, the word privilege comes to mind that you have had a beautiful upbringing where your parents stayed together it was a loving home you had an extended family of people who loved you and cared about you and showed that that to you which a lot of people in dysfunctional homes never ever get so that is I'm going to say magical because it is magical 
and it's it's something to be embraced and taken on board to think about who you are right now but reflecting back on the pact that you made and how you move through life indeed i feel quite privileged and and so to kind of tail that idea out you know to hear my pact I, all I, i'm going to be an overachiever no matter what on the surface it's like yeah so sounds good to me you know like being an over but there's a downside to that. And so this is my point with people as we then become adults, right? It, regardless of what your pact was, you made one. But I'll use my own as the example, which is, so I subconsciously or unconsciously told myself I would be a lifelong overachiever. And I've lived that. And the way it's worked against me is unless I don't give it up for myself, unless I overachieve and that's just crap. Yeah. So that's the downside. I don't, I shouldn't have said that in the current uh, verb tense. I no longer do that, but for a very, very, very long time, unless I made some arbitrary mark I'd set for myself, it didn't count. And that's just crap, you know? So even when your pact is not as harsh or 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 your pact isn't engendered from a dysfunctional family, it still speaks to the tremendous need for us to be self-analytical and look inward to discover these things because they are indeed the stepping stones that we've relied on all our lives and that have made us what we are. And we've done that without even realising the pressure or the stress that we've actually put on ourselves to overachieve. And I can think of people who are overachievers and the stress that they put on themselves. And I think Maybe I'm an overachiever in certain aspects as well, changing different directions as I've gone through to do the things that I'm passionate about and doing it to the best of my ability. But coming back and looking at a superpower for you, Jennifer, it's actually recognising that you were an overachiever now you've switched that to look at and bring in other things so that you can share the experiences that you've had and get others that you work with to realise that they don't have to be that overachiever and put the stress on themselves. They can achieve it without any of that. Absolutely. And so... So that superpower is my um, level of self-awareness. I've always been incredibly, I, I wasn't exactly a serious child. I mean, I played a lot and laughed, and but I, that I was always a, a, a little reader, you know, sitting in a corner reading a book and teaching my stuffed animals. And so I always had a very deep level of self-awareness. And so that was a superpower that today rather than I do have clients who are overachievers, but kind of the bigger picture is helping people with this idea that we all make a survival pact. Mm. And so 
you've come to me saying you're unhappy with your life or you're stuck or you're blocked or you're like whatever your problem is and you're looking for me to help you get beyond that and one of the ways I can help you do that is to have this conversation about what's, what was the survival pact you made. I've never met anybody else who knew what that was, except this psychiatrist that turned me on to this. And people get, uh, I've had some very um, emotional reactions, people crying and, oh my God, it never, and I didn't even know. Exactly. That's that's an epiphany moment for people and their life is forever changed moving forward. But I've also had some reactions that were um, had like pushback to that, you know, defensiveness and anger, which is natural. You know, we some people have a very, very hard time looking inside themselves only out of fear not because of anything but fear of what you're going to find in there you know so it's interesting isn't it that fear that comes up in us that prevents us from doing things because we have that fear of someone or people judging us we have that fear of not pleasing people we have that fear of what if we fail but that fear of also finding out about who we are and allowing our true self to come out and shine on the outside, which I say is the magic and brilliance of who you are. You're the shiny object and you need to allow that to happen. But I've never heard that pact before and it's really going to make me, after our conversation, think about did I make a pact with myself? What was it or how many did I make with myself? through through the t- transition of the ages when I was living with my parents because I'm one of nine children, not one. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's really interesting. And it does bring up, it brings up some, some realisations of who was I as a child? What did I really see and value in, in my life as a child? And what did I want to be? I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I really changed my mind when I had an understanding about it. I wanted to be a princess and marry a prince. Oh, dear. (laughs) So glad you figured that out, Faye. (laughs) I am so so glad. And you've just made me realise that. So looking at the power of going deep inside you and having those aha moments and allowing you to be you, you have have the ability, Jennifer, to actually stand in your place on, on this earth and be you true to it and not allow anyone to shake you, to change you or move you from one, sway you from one side to the other because you have this focus of what you, the experiences that you've actually had and seen bring you to a place of the word power comes up, the power and the ability to see through, see through I'm going to say the bullshit that people... Yeah share with you 
and you can work through those processes to bring them out and allow them to become who they want to be, not what someone else wants them to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, yeah. And that's not to say that that's easy, but it is, it is what I am. And so when we talk about superpowers and using them to help people, I've just articulated a, what to me are the ones that, are, that have shaped my life, which is a very deep level of self-awareness, no fear and extreme confidence. And that's what it takes those things to do that, to, to do what we're talking about. And I'm not exaggerating. People laugh at me when I say this, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Oh no, Jennifer, no, that you're you and I'm me and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. We all have that as embodiments of consciousness. Consciousness is infinite, right? It's limitless. We all have the ability should we choose to regard it as such, the superpower, should we, A, should you choose to accept your mission, and B, should you choose to regard it as such, and C, should you choose to embrace and engender that rather than being ego-driven or being, you know, like, I don't care what other people think about me is none of my business. My business is to enhance lives. So my business is to take care of myself and enhance lives. And my business has not, not in the least what people think or say, or that has nothing to do with me. And so all of us, it's hard for people to look inside. It's hard for people to perceive themselves as fearless. And it's very hard for people to perceive themselves as confident which brings me around to my last superpower, which is I have the ability to show them that they are. Because to me, greatest gift is to be able to take abstract concepts and bring them down to earth to be able to explain them to people in as many different ways as it takes to articulate them, to get that person to understand what I'm saying, and then move beyond that into, oh, I get it. Oh, yes. Okay. I would like to shine the flashlight inside the cave and find the big scary thing because I've just explained to them how your fear, I get it, but doing this, if only you can make yourself do this, your life will change. And here's how my did, and here's how this one has. And here, so I know you can do that. And I get that you're scared, but you really, you know, that that's the key to being what you want. So it's kind of on you and I'm here to help you with that, but you kind of got to do that, you know, and people gradually or instantly want to do that. And to, and who wouldn't want to acknowledge that they're fearless or they're courageous or they're brave or they're confident once they're given permission to. And once they give themselves permission to, and again, are not censored by, oh, what'll people say? What'll people think? Who gives a shit? That has nothing to do with our conversation here. It's so true. It's what you do is you, you 
actually bring out the realizations of what's deeply stuck inside someone. It's there, it's waiting to be brought out to the surface so it shines on the outside and allows them to be whatever they choose to be. But we all have this fear of what if, what if this, what if that, what if. We can go to our deathbed and say, if only I had done, if only I had done this, or if only I had listened to my inner voice telling me that I could do anything that I put my mind to. We're here on earth to be able to share our purpose and our passion and to help others create magic for themselves. And this is what you do, Jennifer, by delving deep into the psyche of an individual who has this fear of talking about themselves because a lot of people have fear about, oh, I don't like talking about myself. Hey, I was the biggest one for that. What would anyone want to listen to me for? What have I got to say that anyone wants to hear? All that sort of stuff. I used to tell myself that until I got my radio show and then things turned around and then listening to people's stories and allowing them to share their magic and their brilliance brought me to this space of what I'm doing right now here with you, listening to what your magic and brilliance is and how you help people, people with your, your uh, book, The Magic Bitch Slap, just slap them and get them to realise, wake up to yourself. And this is what, this is what we need sometimes. We need someone to say, just shut up listen and then think about what you have that other people need and that's what you do yeah I'm pretty good at um being real like that with people not uh, I mean touchy-feely and oh and oh I'm so sorry I mean that isn't to say I'm lacking in empathy but uh people you know we live in a world of disingenuousness you know people don't say i i keep it totally real and that's always worked for me and people all my life have not complimented me but have been like oh my god you're so real i've never heard anybody just lay it out like that well tick tock darling life is short what are we waiting around for but i i must say i'd like to circle back to something you said about your radio show and like who would want to listen to me and so in addition to delving psyches i can also you know i've traveled all over the world i've seen all kinds of stuff and despite it, it just this vast culture scape i've moved through all my life and of course, there's cultural disparity, but underlying the disparity is sameness, okay? And so how this relates to you and your radio show is we can listen to someone say to us, of course, Faye, what you do is important. People want to hear it, but until you do it, 
and you see your audience and you get feedback from your audience and you that's what makes it stick of you to say to yourself oh my god people holy crap people really do want to hear this and flip your opinion changes on a dime so for me to experience a vast culture scape fraught with diversity and yet that's the same was in other words, we have to experience things, you know, we can't just listen. Part of it's listening to somebody like me say, get over yourself, look inside, blah, blah, whatever I might say, but they need to experience a feeling in order for a neural pathway to be established to make that permanent. And so when someone does something, overcomes their fear, let's say, of looking inside themselves, and is able to drag something out into the light and look at it and go, oh no, I don't think so. What I you what I made you when I was four years old. See you later. Now they can experience fearlessness because doing that didn't kill them, right? Then if they can use their fearlessness or their let's say the new stepping stone they're standing on to be confident in a situation that previously they had not been, that they now meet with confidence, there's another experience coupled with deep emotion, creating a new neural pathway that enables them to say, wow, yes, I am confident. I know how to do this. So it's, it's you know, a little bit at a time, but it is, creating a scenario where people are allowed to experience something and then take it unto themselves and forever change because now it's a new tool in their arsenal, if you will. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because we do, we grow up, we're born and we grow up and then in the younger years, we have no fear. We'll put on plays and we'll dance and sing in front of people and we don't really care what happens. We get a little bit older, we go to school, that's suppressed. Behave yourself, Johnny, do this, don't look out the window, stop daydreaming, concentrate on this. And that 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 instantaneous response is, is suppressed. So, and in some people, as we get older, it's suppressed and suppressed until it's it's deep down in the dark part of you and it's waiting there to come out. But it, it takes someone to ask a question or to say something that goes down into that deep, deep, dark hole and it can create an emotion, it can create a fear, it can create a realisation of that's what's been holding me back and you know there's something, but you don't know what it is till someone has that conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you something else interesting is how much it's it's absolutely about asking questions, but more often than you could possibly or people could possibly imagine, it's about storytelling. It's about mm -hmm. sharing an experience, sharing something. That person listens and their first reaction is, wow, that happened to somebody like her. And then it makes them remember when something like that happened to them. So here's one that's like a really good illustration of this. Uh, I was a, I played the piano. I 
started playing the piano when I was like five or six or something, right? And I remember very clearly being seven at a piano recital that we were all performing in. My whole family was there and I loved performing. I'm very, uh, I don't, I'm no shrink and violet. You know, I loved, I wasn't hammy or anything, but I didn't get all nervous and, oh my God, and I have to play. I got on stage. I did my bit of Beethoven and I took the applause and took my seat with my family. So I'm sitting in the audience, seven years old, and this other kid gets up to play and he makes a dog's dinner of it, screws it up so badly and couldn't regain his focus. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I, my anxiety was building tremendously. Like, oh my God, he's, oh my God, oh my God. I was so nervous and anxious. And I looked around me to kind of judge like, oh, what are people doing? What are they saying? What are they? And the hammer blow was there was no disapproval or disappointment. It was all people watching him palpably vibe in their support to him, you know? And as a seven-year-old kid, that blew my mind. And it was another one of those seminal moments in my life where I decided people aren't like that. People support, people offer encouragement. Nobody's making fun of him. Nobody's laughing at him. Nobody, And, and that's the kind of shit kids do, right? Because they don't know any better. Yeah. But that's not what any, and that moment stayed with me forever. And so- I shared that with a client. We were talking about uh, boundaries and what people, what are pe people going to think and why do we care and whatever. And I shared that story and it rubber banded her instantly into her past of an episode when she was in grade school where kids were making fun of her and she decided she'd never open her mouth again, but they were kids. They weren't grownups. And you're, and the, you know, this is a 55 year old woman living her life as a six year old. And that's how I talk to people like, dude, you're 55 and you're living like a six year old. Is that really what you want to be doing right now? So, so sharing these experiences has also been a very powerful school. You're talking about don't look out the window, don't look this, don't do that. School came very easily for me. I was one of those kids who never did homework and got straight A's. It's just the way it was. Maybe because I was encouraged that I was brilliant and could do anything I or the overachiever. I don't know. But school was a piece of cake for me. And so that's another thing to share. I've shared with people who at first are like, oh, I hated people like you in school. Never did homework. Always got straight A's. I, uh, But I'm like, yeah, okay get over your hatred, how, how can you relate to that? And mm -hmm. it makes them, again, rubber band back into their past to think about why they didn't do well at school or why were they bored or why were they disengaged or why were they afraid to speak up and then got a bad grade or, you know, it can just open up this very rich Pandora's box of 
things to be taken out and examined and understood in the adult light of day. Yeah, and I think without realising it, we actually grow and become adults, but we still live in that past experience where when someone like you comes along and you're just going along in life and saying, oh, this is my lot in life, this is what I'm destined to do, so I may as well just accept it. I call that bullshit because you don't accept what you don't, what's not serving you. You go and find what's what you want in life. And to find someone like you, Jennifer, who will get them to realize and create the awareness of what's holding them back to bringing them into the now so that then they can move forward into their the reality of who they actually are. And we don't realize any of that until such time that it's brought to the fore. And as I keep saying, it's that those deep, deep holes that we've dug with those hidden experiences that weren't good experiences that tend to hold us back until we are we realize that. And it takes someone like you, Jennifer, to do that. And then we can start living our life. And I can think of lots of experiences where me growing up and being in school, and I never hated the kids that were smarter than me. I mean, I did my homework, but I still, I was treated like I was dumb kids, so I acted like one. That's how the teachers treated me because there were smart kids in the class. And it happened not just to me, but to lots of kids. So my realisation is, and, and there was an experience that I had to say I was too old to do something, to go back and do study, and I listened to it. And I was only in my early, early 20s, and I listened to it. And never, I've regretted it to this day, regretted it, but I will never, ever listen to anyone again tell me I cannot do something. I'll have a go at it. If it doesn't work out for me, I'll look at the lessons and then I'll move on and I'll take those lessons with me and leave the rest behind. Yes, it's up to you to say I couldn't do this, not yep. someone else. That's up to us. That's and, right. you know, to just uh, dip back for a minute, you said something interesting of these negative experiences that are buried so deep down in us. The positive ones are too. Yeah. Those yep. also need to be sucked out. Because those are things that in our culture, particularly the prevailing dogma of organized religion, let's just say, yeah, uh, that's not allowed. We are not allowed to give ourselves credit for things. Uh, pride goeth before a fall and all of that crap. Uh, this is, we also have a very deep, repository a very deep well of good things positive things we've done that if they saw the light of day we would so see ourselves differently and these are things that uh i like to call touchstones they're things that need to be pulled out of us they're experiences we need to remember and they're experiences of our wins things we've accomplished. Let's let's say it that way, our accomplishments, things that we've accomplished, yeah? And imagine inside of you, you make a, a little box. It could be a box, it could be a basket, any kind of container that closes or has a lid on it. And in there is where we collect these treasures 
of accomplishment, things we've done. Because, you know, let's face it, not only beyond not being allowed or being dis dissuaded from doing that or discouraged from doing that, we tend to forget. You know, mm -hmm. we either we take it for granted or we just plain forget. So I have this basket I visualize and it's full of shiny stones and they're all round and they're all smooth and they're different colors and they're shiny. Some are, but each of them is an accomplishment is something I did that when I take figuratively speaking, of course, when I take that out of the basket and I hold it in my hand, I remember what I did. And I, most importantly, I remember how it made me feel because our brain, the survival supercomputer, some, it always has to connect with strong emotion because here's the thing about your brain. And I, this is the most bizarre. People are like, what? You're kidding me. This is total neuroscience. Your brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. True. So Literally. Oh. And so that's why whatever we're doing, whether it's expressing gratitude or it's creatively visualizing our future or it's expunging demons of the past or it's learning how to take credit for our accomplishments, it must be accompanied by what that feels like in order for it to stick in our brain. And that's why the box or the basket or whatever your container is, is full of things that evoke, full of memories that evoke profound a profound emotional response. So that's a really effective tool. I have to say, uh, you've just brought something to the fore. Um, I have a basket physical basket I have a little notepad which has a gold trim around the pages and little flowers and then I write most days of the week the date and something that I'm grateful for and that goes in the basket every day or every second day depending it's right where I walk past all the time and it's I can go and I can pick something out if I'm not feeling in the right frame of mind pick it out and say oh that's what I was grateful for on that day. Why aren't I grateful for that today? You're looking at the stones and the colours oh. of the summer. It's it's all about being grateful for who you are and sharing that gratitude with yourself. And our emotions are our thoughts and our thoughts are our emotions. So it creates either a good thought or a not so good thought. I won't say negative or positive, whatever, and we can change that in an instant if we choose to. Yeah. And a lot of the time we allow ourselves to sit in something that doesn't serve us. We can do that for a period of time, but we must at some stage pick ourselves up and take ourselves to the next level of something that we're grateful for. And you teach you teach the people that you work with and i'm i'm excited about waiting for your book to come out so i can read it to read a lot of the experiences the real experiences that you've actually had 
to see what resonates with me because everyone that reads your book, there'll be an experience in there that they resonate with. Uh, or there may be experiences that they resonate with. And it's like every day you get up and, and you can either say, oh, it's going to be a good day or it's going to be a bad day. You've got to change the way you think about things and turn it into something that you want it to be, not what you think it's going to be, but what you want it to be. And Sure. That's a superpower for everyone to have. Absolutely. I call it reframing, the ability to reframe. And and it it sure as hell is a superpower, the ability to do that. And you know, uh, so here's here's how that works. Here's my million dollar example for reframing, which is uh as human, and you know, everything we're talking about here that people come to me with is human nature. It's yeah. not, you're not a freak. You're not like some massively mess. You're a human being. You're the embodiment of consciousness in a skin bag. Okay. So you're a human. Welcome to the club. And here's, you know, and good on you for having contacted, you know, given yourself the gift of working with a coach. So as humans, we all play this game called worst case scenario, mm -hmm. right? Where we have to do something that we're dreading and it builds and it builds and it builds. And, and, oh my God, by the time we have to face doing that, we're frantic, practically frantic. And as soon as we do it, all of us have this thought, but we instantly shut it off. And the thought is, wow, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. We all do that. And then we all instantly, the big voice in your head says, what, what did you say? Shut up. Okay, so whether that's going to the dentist, whether that's having a difficult conversation, whether that's being embroiled in a very animosity-ridden divorce and having to deal with lawyers and ick, whatever it is, it's never as bad as you imagined it would be. Is it? No, Jennifer, it's not. Okay, so the thing of it is, you you have to get in a habit of reminding yourself of things. This is where engendering a deeper level of self-awareness comes into play across the board with all of this is awareness is what is where change begins right so i am not asking you to like shazam yourself into some change overnight what i'm asking of you is to remember every time that happens to remember oh yeah this is like the last time I did that when I was had to whatever. And well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And wow, this wasn't either. I wonder if that means something. Or if you're trying to change a behavior modality, again, I'm not asking for instant results. What I'm asking you for is to catch yourself and go, oh, shit, I'm doing it again. That's all you have to do. And if you do that enough, you eventually stop doing it. But when we put no awareness and we just 
like zombies, you know, like walking through life, not, you have to pay attention, man. And you have to develop your level of self-awareness to make any of this stuff stick, right? And the one thing that you said there was pay attention, which is a really important part of who we are. Pay attention to what we're thinking and where that's going to take us. And if it's not going to take us to a good place, pay attention and bloody well change it. Yeah. And paying attention serves us beyond in so far beyond what the, we're discussing specifically here. And in my job making movies, I had to be able to make an instant, pretty much instant assessment of, say, a director or a cinematographer and dial it in, pay attention. How does he take his coffee? What does that look on his face mean? What does that gesture mean? What's coming next? Because movies is all about anticipation. Also, to be able to watch something and learn and do it as you're learning it. People don't know how to do that. And, and this is serious because time's at a premium, you know? So I'm watching, I'm learning, and I'm doing all at the same time. So this speaks to our power of paying attention, listening with undivided, you know, it's undivided attention, power down the eye shit and pay attention. Because when you do, the things you can do are mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And again, if I can do it, so can you. It's mm -hmm. not rocket science. It's interesting, isn't it, that that what you're saying is, you know, you pay attention. So you're watching, you're listening, you get that feeling of there's something going to change, something's happening, and you have to pay attention to know what that is, to take, take action, to make it happen, if it's your responsibility to make it happen, or allow it to flow smoothly through the process. And it's not I'm going to say it's not hard to do if you really get in the flow of allowing yourself to pay attention because you have the ability to be able to do the things, but we we stop that paying attention to what we can do to pay attention to what we doubt ourselves in. True. And the, the hardest part of that is to do it all at once, to do it simultaneously. Watch, listen, learn, perform. And I don't mean as in an actor performs, perform your job. Yeah. And to do all that at the same time, which I've had people say to me, That's, that sounds impossible to me, Jennifer. Well, it isn't. We can all do that. You just have never experienced. And, and truth be told, the crucible of the motion picture industry is conceivably the only place on earth where you have to do all that simultaneously. But it's a fun exercise, but we can all, any business, any, what situation wouldn't benefit from paying very close attention, assimilating information and using it successfully to create a desired outcome. I mean, who would snort at that? Nobody. Mm. Your boss won't. My boss won't. Her boss won't. Nobody will. Yeah. So that's within your grasp. And it's just, um, 
you know, there's just so much that we've uh, fallen by the wayside, you know, in terms of introspection and we're, we, we all have all of that. It's just covered with these layers. And, and then there's the underlying fear of what's under the layers. And that's the biggest thing that holds us back. And, you know, who was it that said that the only fear is fear itself or something? I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm quoting horribly. I beg your pardon. <laughs> but I mean, it is, you know, no fear, man. What are you afraid of? We're afraid of ourselves, really. We're afraid of what yeah. we're not going to do right. That's what we're afraid of. And we're going to disappoint ourselves more so than disappoint anyone else. So we have that fear of not performing the way that we need to perform. And and ergo being unloved and abandoned. Yeah. And the expectation. Yeah. Expectation. What do we expect of ourselves? What do other people expect of us is none of our business. It's what we expect of ourselves and how we are going to perform to create whatever we're going to create in this world, to do whatever we're brought here on earth to do. And damn, we'll go and do it. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Isn't that what they say? Um, Modify yeah. your expectations. What if your expectations are unrealistic? And that's another fear of why can't you just look in the mirror and say, I bit off too much. Take a you step know? back. Just take a step. And calm down man does it matter you know it's this modification reworking of a mindset that famous charles dickens book great expectations and guess what they were never met and so it's okay and we don't want to give ourselves we're afraid to give ourselves permission for that and and you know everybody's unrealistic at times absolutely no Two ways about it and that's another way of absolutely great expectations <laughs> but i mean notch it back and get real because either you can be seriously unhappy trying to meet your arbitrarily assigned expectations that you made for no good reason whatsoever or you can feel okay and be cool with taking a step back and baby steps of accomplishment that make you feel like a million bucks. So which one do you want? The misery or the million bucks? I know what I want. I'll chunk yeah. it down and take the baby steps. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when you put it that way, it's kind of a no-brainer decision, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's easy, that, but we make it complicated. So, Jennifer, I would say I want to sum up your, your superpowers. You have the ability to bring out the best in people, but before that you have the ability to create the realisation and the awareness for people to understand the things that are holding them back and how they can move forward, taking them to a place where they've always wanted to be but have had a fear not to go there because of the things that maybe they, well, they didn't know because they were down in the deep, dark hole and you bring them to the forefront for realisation to make them or to allow them, not make them, allow them because as a coach and a facilitator, you can't make them do anything. You can get them to realise they can take the steps to do it themselves, but you have their back. Absolutely. And how easy it is to take the steps. 
and it's nowhere near as horrible and awful and whatever as you imagined. And yeah, yes. And, and yeah, I've got your back and I have no, um, I self deprecatingly frequently refer to myself as Jennifer, the idiot. I'm anything, but, but it disarms people. I have no problem like making a fool of myself or holding myself up as an example of idiocy or talking about all the stupid shit I've done in my life or the bad decisions I've made. It's just Jennifer the idiot strikes again. And when people realize that I'm doing that, it tremendously puts them at ease and so, and often engenders this feeling of like, wow, she doesn't care about any of that, that like she's so solid and strong and confident that she can call herself an idiot. That's so cool. I want, I want me some of that. So yeah, we can all, like I keep, it's my mantra, Faye, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm. I could say that if I can do it, anybody can do it. And it's and it's so true. Jennifer, what tip would you give someone who was stuck in a place, doesn't realize what it is, and they're they're just seeking out someone to help them and support them through the process to get them to where they want to be? What is your tip for them? to find a coach, a good fit with a coach that makes them feel it's all about the connection. You know, it's about trust and it's about connection. So for me personally, I don't want some school teachery and here's your homework. And I'm not into that kind that doesn't make me trust people. If anything, I want somebody who can think out of the box, who can entertain me, who can make, who can motivate me to do the stuff I don't want to do, or I'm afraid to, afraid to do. So that's my first tip. But even the other really important tip is to get still and silent, turn off the Netflix, put down the TV remote, power down all your eye shit, and just sit by yourself in silence and stillness. Start out with a minute bump it up to five, see if you can do it and see what, if anything comes to you without fidgeting or squirming or reading, you know what I mean? No music, no books, no nothing, just being, just be. And the easiest place to do that is in nature. And in your beautiful country with millions of miles of coast, it's all within and not to mention airs rock and you know you've got a lot of natural beauty and a lot of antipodean splendor as i like to refer to it as and nature's a great place to do that i just walked down the road to the nature of the beauty of the water and the beach and the trees and the birds and the all that sort of thing and it's 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 magical it's my uh, meditation place absolutely good for you good on you mm. I want to thank you, Jennifer, for being on my podcast, What's Your Superpower, as you have many. If you want to get in contact with Jennifer, we'll have all the details on the podcast. And if you want to get a copy of her book, The Cosmic Bitch Slap, contact her on any of those um, 
links and she will organize a copy for you. Absolutely. And even if you don't have the links, you can just Google Cosmic Bitch Slap with a dash, bitch dash slap, and it'll come right up on Google. Beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer, for your time. Thank you for allowing me to be here and have the pleasure of one of your phenomenal curated conversations, Faye. It's just a deep, a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Faye Waterman, the conversation curator and storyteller. And this has been What's Your Superpower with Jennifer Feidler. And we'll be back again sometime soon. Bye for now.